star. Hello. Hi, could we be live right now? You know me, ABC. ABC. You should see my shoes. <laughs> Ooh, I'm going to put a toot on the tweeter. Do it. I need to do that, too. Do you know I'm an, do you know I'm an influencista? Oh, is that your clout? Your clout you ever rank? Check, you ever look at your clout? I, I, mm-hmm. uh, is that like cloud computing? Cut Nerve, that out. It's nerve-wracking to it's, look at that too much. Uh, yeah. You know, it's funny. Back in the day, I used to get... Um, uh, people were really mad about what I think has become a slightly less uh, followed metric, so to speak, which is um, follower ratio. Do you remember when that was a big deal? Oh, like how many people you follow compared to how many follow you or how many tweets compared to followers or something like that? Yeah, there was all these ways people would slice and dice how you use Twitter and, and the, the, <laughs> the <laughs> none, of, none of them were valuable or made any sense. Well, I, I've, I totally agree. I've always felt they made no sense. It's, it's sort of like deciding how smart you are, you know, based on like how many newspapers you don't read or something. <laughs> or which it's, one. Yeah, but I think it was an attempt for people to try and make sense out of Twitter and try to say, well, this is what Twitter is and here's who to follow. And remember that whole, that whole question of who to follow? Like you'd sign into Twitter and you just no, there'd be nothing in your feed and you'd be like, what is this? This is stupid. And you'd leave. They struggle with that for sure for a long time. But what I remember, what I at least I'll say, what I got flack for was <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a big fan of the of the unnecessary mystery announcement about why you're not doing something. I'm I'm always <laughs> I always enjoy when people identify the null in their life with some kind of an announcement, uh, which gets to a potential topic for today: passive aggression. But um, I, people would say, yeah, so, uh, I will not follow you because your ratio is a... Like apparently <laughs> somebody would go somewhere and read the TPS report on how good of a person I was. I, I'm certainly not alone in this. But, you know, from the very beginning, I always felt like... And this is I'm kind of uh, paraphrasing, I think, Michael Lopp here. But he would say the great thing about Twitter is that um, you, you never really have to see anything on Twitter. I will add more than once, uh, unless you want to see it. And now today with filtering and stuff, that's gotten so much better. But it seems so funny. Do you remember back when, I mean, there were a lot of people um, who, who thought that the number of followers and followers should be roughly equivalent. Yeah, there should be somehow a balance. But that doesn't make sense once you start getting into the, the Merlin Man level of no, follower I don't even think, I don't, that's maybe so, but I don't think it's true for anybody I mean, I don't like the, the amount of anything that you consume. Uh, it's kind of early, Dan. So I'm not. I'm not I was like, going to say, go, you sound really clear and lucid today, <laughs> like in a strange. Does I sound calm? You do sound really calm. I was, I was in the sun a lot yesterday, so I'm probably a little bit uh, sun poisoned. I don't usually go outdoors. Um, <laughs> right. By being out in the sun a lot, you mean you went from your house to take the trash down and back in? I didn't take it all the way. I took it part way. I figured somebody will take it. They call it the last mile. <laughs> my job, my job is to get to where I can't see slash smell it, and then I figure I just assume somebody else will take care of it. You know, some somebody can probably go and uh, re- repurpose it. Super train might pick it up. But um, this is, I mean, this is kind of about Twitter and kind of about life. Uh, you know, it was funny to me because it, it what to me what could people would think, and not to make this about me, but in this instance, people would think I was being cynical. Because somebody followed me and I didn't, as they say in the parlance, follow, follow them back. Follow them back. Which has so little to do, it has so zero to do with any given human being. Well, remember like, back in the early days of blogging, where yeah. if I linked you, 
you were mm-hmm. almost obligated to link me back in some way almost immediately. And if you didn't, it was, it was, I never felt this way, but there were people who felt that that was a major faux pas if you failed to link somebody back. I, I don't remember feeling it that strongly, but I, I mean, I've, I've given this advice that now sounds ridiculously douchey, which is, you know, if you want to get the attention of somebody that you admire, don't, you know, don't browbeat them and, and dun them. Like, you know, link to them because that's what they'll notice because we're all small little people who follow statistics. And if somebody says something, this is why I think one reason, boy, I'm really deep in the stack. Um, one reason I think comments can be kind of silly. You know, comments are a way to come in and pinch a lift on somebody else's couch. Like, if you've got something to say... <laughs> this, you're going fire today. I should this is like old times. No. This is like the old show. Oh, which old show? The early days? The yeah. The people like? Yeah, the early ones that where we used to help people. I remember that, kind of. Hmm. But, um, you know, com- comments, I get why you have comments. I mean, I get why you say you have comments. You, you, the reason you say you have comments is because you're super interested in and what people say. And what you really want is three extra page views. And see, now I'm the cynical one, right? Um, and is your goatee, go- page- goatee growing back in as we speak? Excuse me? Your 80s goatee. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, but, but, you know, it's, and this is, this is the part that, w- that I found a little bit hard to take, uh, but we're certainly not want to respond to too much because I'm passive aggressive, um, which is that as I used to like to say, like newspapers, news, you know, newspapers don't get mad if you don't read them, you know, media, we're all so, we all have so many options for things that want our attention every day. And I can't in a million years ever imagine apologizing to anything, whether it's a light post or an SEO consultant, because I, I chose, or, or even for that matter, didn't choose, back to our expectations uh, discussion, or I didn't even notice that like you expected this stuff of me. And in my case, and here's where, where I, I hopefully make a, my own case for this, um, I use Twitter. like I use it to read stuff. I don't, I don't, I don't use it to have make believe friends. Like I, I use it as a platform to say funny things and follow what my friends have to say, and in some cases filter them for a while because they keep talking a lot about computers. But they, nobody <laughs> ever needs to know that. Like I don't need to make an announcement because I didn't like the sports page today. I never like the sports page. Let's take it as read. But anyway, I, I think that's kind of gone away as a metric. But it is funny. Roderick always jokes about clout. I think he jokes about clout. He has, he has a surplus of human dignity, so I think he probably uses it more than he likes to let on. Um, but uh, it, 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 to me, it's an interesting topic because I, I have over the years been obsessed with the notion of attention and the problem of... Um, I don't know if you're aware of this. Uh, my name's Merlin. Hi, how are you? <laughs> I've always been obsessed with the idea... Not always, but I, be, I became obsessed with the idea of attention because of, of so many things that are available to take our attention. And the... Uh, the, the scant amount of time that we have to apply that attention consistently to the things that have a high yield for us. And so, you know, I mean, but, but, you know, back, back in the glory days, you know, and kind of to your blog point, like when Twitter, I was not, I canceled my Twitter. I had one of the very, 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 very first Twitter accounts before, back when, back when the logo looked like a, a big green booger and it didn't have any. <laughs> Where you, you just used your phone. You texted to whatever oh, it was, 4044. Oh, you got or texted and you got texted a lot. Yeah. And I sat there and no. I used office. the heck out of it back then. It was fun. Really? Yeah. I had Noah? Dan, just D A N. Just Dan. Yeah. Huh. 
I sit in there in Noah's office. I think he was a little coked up. Not really. He just exercises a lot. <laughs> right. And he's like, I got to show you something. I got to show you something. This is going to be great. I was like, oh, you did something new with the, with the audio, with the podcast? No, 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 no. You got to see this. It's going to be amazing. And uh, he's like, here, let me get you an account. And Sounds like, a little like Marge's sister from The Simpsons. Uh, the voice. Tackle box. Remember when he gave you the Connie Chung calendar? <laughs> Connie Chung. Tackle box. And the tackle box. Um, <laughs> I love Patty and Selma. Patty and Selma. That's the name. He's still got my ham radio. <laughs> And uh, uh, and he signed me up for it. And by the next morning, I was I was writing to every single person I knew at Twitter and saying, for the love of Christ, I don't understand why my phone is beeping about people <laughs> going poop and eating Thai food. For the love of God, delete everything about this account. So I, I mean, for people who follow this kind of nonsense, I, I had like a very uh, original. And then when I finally got back in, I got my little silly name as my Twitter handle, my little confederacy of dunces name that people now know. And, and in those days, and I would really call it the, the Favard age, the age of Favard. It was when Dean had first put up Favored. And that's how I first, I mean, if it matters that You Look Nice Today podcast exists because I thought Scott and Adam were so funny on Twitter. That's yeah. how we became friends. And then Bobby now, uh, Robert Anderson, uh, was like, hey, you guys should have a podcast. So we did. That's how it started. It started because like in the early days of blogging, it was like a community. It's not, it's not that hard to have a community when there's something new and you're having trouble meeting lots of people who do the same thing. And, and linking to people, I mean, that was the economy. The economy, it was like there was dates and there was permalinks. But, you know, links used to be much more the coin of the realm in blogging. Links now seem like something people almost want to apologize for and like hide at the bottom of the page. Do you ever notice this? Like a lot of the blogs, one way I evaluate, and I don't hate to sound like, you know, mean old guy, but one of the ways today that I evaluate the likelihood that I will stick with a largely curated link, link blog is whether or not the link in RSS goes to the original item versus their site. Which I understand why people do that. I've probably got sites that do that. I don't know. But if I, you know, I'm not really doing that for a living right now. But if I were doing that for a living right now, a la Delicious, a la John Gruber, a la the good ones, the link would, the link, you know what I mean? A reader, the thing you click with the title, yeah. it, would, it would go to the item you link to and not to your page yes. with five words about the link. Yeah. And I, there's actually a couple of blogs I really enjoy. Um, Sometimes, though, it's not the choice. Like, I've noticed... No, I know. With certain, probably, with, maybe a WordPress thing or something. With certain software. Yeah. Some, some software that you and I especially like, I can't figure out how to make that happen. By the way, I don't want to derail... No, 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 no. That. And I, the thing is, I totally agree. Um, again, just because I haven't gotten it right doesn't mean it's not stupid. Hmm. That's pretty good. I like it. Um, you're, you're like full of it, these great Merlin. I had, I had, I had, a, I had an inverse uh, AeroPress and a little bit of SodaStream. And um, I Can you believe they don't sponsor this? Kind of shame on them. Kills I, me. You know. Kills you know how me. Much I, Dan, do you have the slightest idea how much I spend on literal gas in a can? It's, you know what? I, you know what? I literally can't get started on that. But, um, but, but what's funny is the, the link was, as I said, I don't know the coin of the realm. I don't know if it's the right term, but blogs were about links. It was about, it was about a link and a thought. And then, you know, in the early days, remember when MT or when Six Park came out with that idea of trackbacks, which of course got abused pretty quickly. Trackbacks. Trackbacks. Hi. Trackback to my blog. <laughs> I linked you. Back me up. Could you back, back link my trackback to my blog? Did you ever get into the trackback thing? 
It got it got it got spammy fast. Yeah, because I mean, if it was like you'd look at the comments and then you'd say, "Oh, here's a new comment." Oh, wait, that's not actually a comment. That's a well, drag even back. Before even before it was strictly spam, it was taking what I recommended a minute ago and taking it way too far. Which was it was easy enough to just ping, you know, any any post, and you got a um, a link back from it. So it was it was a early ish version of SEO or SEO spam, and of course SEO and spam. I mean, you know. That's uh, I'm not going to get into that, because yeah. um, that's US spam. But but uh, <laughs> but there was a smaller community then, and I mean, oh God, the ultimate that's fine from Roland story. I will never tell you the story. But I um, I went to I was invited by a friend to a party one time where I got to meet like eleven of my favorite bloggers of all time, and I had such a boner I almost passed out. <laughs> But it was really like you could go to somebody's birthday party and they're in San Francisco back in the day. And there could be like 12 people there where you went, oh my God, I feel like I'm in the Hall of Presidents like hanging out with Lincoln. Um, but, you know, that did go away over time. But, you know, I, I think it's easy. We, just like we don't recalibrate our expectations about, you know, things like our attention, like we talked about for the last couple of weeks. I think sometimes we don't recalibrate our idea of, of what this medium is for, even while the technology has moved on. Even as uh, Twitter has adopted such bottom-up ideas as you know, retweeting yeah. uh, and hashtags. I mean, those are, those are user hacks that they brought into the system, for better or for worse, that they you know, made part of the, um, how, how Twitter works. But, you know, it's... It, 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 just to close, this is probably not super interesting, but to, but to close out, you know, a little coda on what we said the last two weeks. I mean, you know, you can't really control and shouldn't want to control what everybody says. I made a crack the other day. You know, the public timeline, uh, according to Tapbot, Paul has been uh, recruited, but still it's available. If you go look at the public timeline on Twitter, it gives you a pretty idea how much smarter all your friends are. Let's be honest. <laughs> it's the way most people use Twitter is beyond baffling to me. I'm 45. I'm allowed to say things like this now. Enjoy Are you 45 now? I know. You should see me today, Dan. I look so old today. Oh, my God. I, I, I kind of look like a cross between like um, like like Wolverine and, and Sam Shepard and a baseball <laughs> mitt. Because my hair is out of control. I'm getting this thing on the sides. If I don't get a haircut, like within eight weeks, I get these uh, these little, little gray uh, pubic swirls. Like my wisps. Ears. Little wisps or tufts. It's, it's, it's wisplets. I get wisplets. It's not quite... <laughs> when I say Wolverine... Mm. <laughs> you mean you mean actually this this sort of little animal? Okay, <laughs> you mean the <laughs> I haven't had anything that hard on my body in a really long time. That's what she said. Yes, and it's a good point, well taken. <laughs> anyway, people used to get mad if you didn't follow enough people, which always it just always seems so strange to me. And I, I'm not trying to equate people with media, but you know, if you never get to the point of understanding that you are, for lack of a better word, a content creator, if, if you're not focused on creating something that gets people interested in showing up. This is back to our thing on the conversation E7 a very long time ago. If you do interesting stuff, people will show up. Um, and, and the answer to that is not to get necessarily go out and beg more attention from people. It's to do more interesting stuff in more interesting places. And people will show up. That sounds fancy. But like, show me people who are doing really interesting stuff that people follow where that wasn't the case. You know, I'm, I'm sp sponsoring a hashtag, I'm not sure, is the best way to make a friend. Right? <laughs> <laughs> a, like a long, like a long-term friend, or <laughs> hey, um, just a special friend. Listen, I don't want this to be weird, but I noticed you spent some money on being noticed. <laughs> oh my god! Really? Let's hang out. Let's hang out. Oh my god! You have a coupon. <laughs> 
Listen, is it okay if I follow you? <laughs> I like this voice. Oh, this is gonna is this gonna be neat, neat needy internet person? I like it a lot, a lot. I really like that last thing. You did. <laughs> is it male or female? Yes. Oh my god, that's so funny, Dan. <laughs> Star. It's good. Star. Yeah, bring them. <laughs> Bring that one back. <laughs> you know, you know what Eleanor uses that for. You're 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 a, you're a Ferb fan, right? Phineas and yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, have you ever noticed when Ferb does the thumbs up? Yeah, you hear a little a very a little ding <laughs> yes, sound. Yeah, she's so cute. She walks up to my desk and she goes, "Daddy, daddy, daddy look over here." And she goes, "And you can't see I'm sticking up my thumb. It's pretty cute." I saw a man on the street, a kind of rappy guy, the other day. He's real rappy. You know, when you're rappy, you don't have a belt. You hold your pants and, and you walk like you have some kind of a, like a hemorrhoid or an aneurysm. <laughs> oh, and, and, you know, you do that kind of loping side to side. Oh, I know what you mean. Like, like, like a kind of like an injured terrier. And uh, he had big, big rappy pants he was holding up with his good hand. And I guess he had his feature phone in the other. And he had this, he had a, like a hipster, you know, those douchebag uh, graphic tees? You know, the German uh, black letter gothic kind of date rapey looking shirts. He had like a version of that with Perry on it. And I said, hey, <laughs> Perry. And I went, and he goes, yeah, that's my boy. <laughs> Very good. Right. He's a platypus. He doesn't do much. Yeah. I went to a baseball game yesterday, so I'm really tired. Yeah, it's, I saw you tweeting about that. Yes, yes, I've yes. Been, I've been to that very stadium. It's a nice stadium. We were in the sun. I applied SPF 104 times before we went and while we were there. And so I didn't get burned. But you know, you know I burned very easily, Dan. Were you aware of that? Mm, well, no, I wasn't. I burned very, very easily. And, and I'm from the age where you would put your child uh, out in the sun like cinnamon toast uh, for the better part of a day. You sit on Clearwater Beach, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're going to Clearwater Beach? Cinnamon Beach. Cinnamon Beach. Yeah. I want to live with... Hmm. I can still play that. I think that's open, uh, was it D or G? I think it's an open D. Um, yeah, the cinnamon girl, you're thinking. Yeah, you do a drop D. Right. Yeah, no, I think, I think you're thinking of everybody knows this is nowhere. Do you like Neil Young? Uh, some Neil Young songs. I'm not, I wouldn't put myself in the Neil Young fan camp, band camp. Let's move on. Okay. Um, I, was gonna, <laughs> I have a list of the cards like that with uh, Roderick. I'm going to put that on the list of things that we don't talk about anymore. Okay. Yes, I'm a huge Neil Young fan. You know what? That was really passive aggressive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, it was fun. It's costly. It's very costly. I bought my daughter a foam finger, um, and it, <laughs> that was ten dollars. It was ten dollars. Yeah, ten dollars. But that's all she's talked about for days is, is how Ethan has one, and now she wants one. So I got her foam finger, and then I put it in my backpack because she, of course, is a child and doesn't want anything to use anything once she actually owns it. Yeah. See, that was passive aggressive of me to say that. Um, but I had some, I had some beer. I had some garlic fries. I had three emodiums. Uh, I had a five dollar water. Uh, Did you ever food. have the? Um, they do some like a, like a seafood stand there, don't they? Like a little yeah, seafood stand. At all. It is a really tricked out stadium. Like they, I think I got. Do, do they do some kind of lobster or crab? Like they do, they do. We we do a, we do a crab thing here in San Francisco. It's yeah. the least of all crabs. There are many better crabs in many regions, but yes, we do a dungeness crab thing. That's largely that's what it was. Yes, Dungeness. <laughs> Dungeness. That sounds like that sounds like some kind of a dirty German thing. <laughs> I'm off this weekend to see the Dungeness. <laughs> the dungeon tricks. Well, you know, I finished uh, you know what? How are you? No, I'm good. I'm good. You I, seem No, I'm good. Do I sound subdued? I like this. This new you. <laughs> I finished one thirty eight. One thirty eight. All the way, all the way to the watcher, looking at Earth. Oh, looking down, oh, 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 
I told, you, right. I told you I finished. We, we, you and I had a discussion. You and I had a what the kind of discussion I had a lot in my third year of college. We we really elevated the discussion about Jean Grey in our, in our last texting series. Yeah, we should save it for the after dark. We don't have time for an after dark today. You yeah, we probably we probably let's go talk about all the extra pixels that are coming out today. Well, I gotta I gotta follow what's going on. Yeah, I, I understand completely. I understand completely. Um, hmm, hmm. Hey, can I tell you something about something I like? Oh, yeah, I would love to hear about this. What is this? Okay, do you know about this MailChimp? I do know about MailChimp. And you know what MailChimp has going on right now if, if you're out in San Francisco for WWDC? <gasps> I saw the monkey on a wall. Yeah. Tell, tell me, what's going on? Uh, well, I'll ask, I'll ask Mark for it right now. Uh, again, I'm saying, Mark, URL again for the monkey billboard. They took over like a building <laughs> and painted, I don't know if it's painted or if it's something hung but it's like it's like a twenty foot tall. <laughs> For some reason, I went. My brain went directly to Sentinels. For some reason, they took over a building. Uh, Sentinel Mark D. Christina <laughs> requires this floor of your office building. <laughs> right. Ouch! Ouch! You have hurt Sentinel Unit. He is God, uh, stupid. <laughs> Aren't they stupid? Is it just me? Or are they kind of dumb? I I think they're programmed that way. Okay, so here's a picture that was taken. Uh, by one of the, I think by uh, Chris Wainstrath, I think uh, took this picture. But this shows, and you can't really even tell from the picture, but it's like it's like three or four story high. I saw a giant, giant chimpy banner. It yeah. looked beautiful. And was that on Twitter? You got that? Yeah, I just. Uh, I'll give Are you, you following the banner right now? Because you should probably follow the banner. Yeah, I'm following the banner. Like, you can link to it in the robot, Bruce Banner. Here, there. <gasps> Okay. That's what it looks like. But anyway, this is Mailchimp. Just put this is some of their first like real life physical advertising. So if you're in San Francisco or whether they're for WWDC or whatever, go and take a picture of yourself in front of that and send it to us, and we will maybe I don't know what we'll do with it. We'll do something. But anyway, um, so Mailchimp. Yeah. How about the first five? Uh, first five. Some kind of an interesting mention in the next newsletter. Great. Yes. So, so we'll put your. Oh, oh, boom! Got it. You got so it. Get your picture taken in front of the, the, the MailChimp. Do, some, do, do something interesting, and we'll put that five, the first five we get that go to Dan's email. We'll, uh, we'll go into the next book bag newsletter. Yeah. Let me write that down. So MailChimp, awesome. easy, easy email newsletters. They help you yeah. design email newsletters and share them. You can share them on social networks. You can track the, the performance because they have statistics. They've got an iOS app. You have to remember to change the Twitter message, though. That's important. I put up the new bulk bag. We have this newsletter we do with them that I've been doing. This is the fifth. You work so hard on this. Praise all, all praise unto you. Please don't make fun. I'm not. It's really good. In front of people. All right. Chris Weinstrath. What a cool name. Weinstrath. Weinstrath. Yeah. Yeah. Pick Twitter. Defunct. Um, That's a great name. (laughs) I wonder why he's wearing glasses. You think he he might have, uh, you might think he might have Cyclops eyes. Myopia. I I need to get off the X-Men like as of today. That's it. I'm done. Right after days of future past, we got to talk about that. Um, we've been doing this newsletter with them that they have very kindly sponsored. Thank you very much to Milchan for doing that. It's a it's a riot to do. It's super fun. People seem to like it, and uh, it's so I've had the opportunity to use Mailchimp a lot for the first time over this last uh, whatever six or eight weeks, and it's been really it's been really really fun to do. It's fun to make. It's fun to send. It's fun to watch the results. Oh, you you know I don't like to be creepy, but uh, do you want to hear what the biggest uh, you get you get you, get, you know what do they call it An- analytics right? got to be careful how you say that. It almost sounds like two dirty words. Yeah. You get, you get anal, analytics. <laughs> and, uh, and you know what the most clicked? I'll send, you, I'll send you the most clicked. 
The most clicked uh, was a picture of uh, Jean uh, of Jean Grey. Which one? Her. Which picture? The one she, where she's going. What she say? Okay, Jean, take a deep breath. Oh, isn't that a pretty one? Yeah, it's a good one. That's when she's first starting out. And the one on the next page haunts my dreams. Haunt. But it's so fun to do. So we just put out a buck bag, buck bag issue uh, number five, and it was all lists of five things. And uh, and you can sign up for this newsletter. Uh, you can see how easy it is to sign up, to change your profile, to unsubscribe, to say uh, enough, Merlin, enough, enough with the lists, enough with the Jean Grey. This is this is the kind of control that you will get. Uh, you can sign up for it though by going to show notes. And what's uh, what's the show notes for this epo? You can go to five by five TV slash B for boy two the number two W for women slash seventy one. <laughs> they were one of my favorite '90s R&B groups, Boys to Women. Do you remember them? <laughs> I do. Actually, I, I introduced my son to the to the Boys to Men. Uh, that that main song, the big one that they did with the, yeah, with the with not, the harmonies. That yeah, one. that one, and he he you see he thought it was all right. Yeah, we listened to Doctor Worm on what was it? What was that? Well, sorry, it's a freshie. Sickens me, it sickens me that they don't they don't sponsor us. Wow. But here's the thing: um, you can sign up for a free account, and I wish you would please go sign up for a free account. Not just because it makes makes us look good, but also because it makes us look good. It's a great service, and you get what? What do you get with that free account, Dan? If you want to, if you want to send email to a group of people, and you're a smart person, and especially you know if, if you know how to make, make the uh, the HTML, you just you just drop it in. You literally drop it in. And what do you get with that free account, Dan? You can send two twelve thousand emails to up to two thousand subscribers forever for free. That's not that's not bad for free. Not bad. You got to keep that chimp alive. You think those banners are free? <laughs> keep this. those banners are not free, my friend. That is what is that Howard Howard Street? It looks like Howard Howard Street. Oh, it's a street I know. Dan, have you talked at all about WWDC and why you're not here? Have you talked about it? No, 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 I'm not there, am I? Wait, am I? We should circle back to that. But um, anyway, please sign up. And also, go go to MailChimp.com. You know what? There's there's, there's no offer code and there's no special link because you just go there and get a free thing. Like, you know, short of giving you something besides that, as if you needed more than that, I mean, what do you want? I mean, what, what, what else could we give you? Like a, like, a, like, a, like a cassette tape or something? Go, sign up, MailChimp.com. Um, because it's a great service. And, uh, and if you like bulk bags, sign up. I'm sorry it takes me so long to put them out. It's just, I'm, I'm kind of slow and I'm sort of dim and I'm, I'm really old. And it takes me a long time to link to things. And I still, I still have typos. I hate my typos, Dan. Black eyes, black eyes, the typos. Black eyes. Black eyes, the typos. That's one of my favorite Godspeed You Black Emperor records. And, but we're very grateful to uh, MailChimp for supporting 5x5 and Back to Work. Okay, I think the Starks kick in now. Um, that's fun. That was a good one. What were a couple of the good ones in that? It was all a list of five things for the most part. I love your inscrutable text this week. Were you quoted? Was that a Bon Jovi song? Uh, yeah, Wanted Dead or Alive, isn't it? Or No, no, no. no, no, no. Living what? on a Prayer. Living, Living on, on a prayer. prayer. I forgot which one I sent you. You know, that is one piece of internet content that I have no dearth of. I have plenty of I have plenty of screenshots of inscrutable things that you have sent me. And I and I you know what? Actually our our, our conversation this morning. I'm gonna put that up too about the pixels. That was funny. Okay. Uh and what else did we have? There are lots of five. Some of it was useful, some of it was silly. Some of those videos I linked to were good. The uh inspiring videos, the Cyrano composing a ballade while he's having a duel. It's pretty fun. My five favorite uh, long winter songs, uh, and then some classics from from the actual fives, you know, website. So it was fun. It was fun to do. Really good. Did you enjoy it? Did you read it? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did you see the ones that our listeners, our listeners, gave us fives for this? I'll shut up about this in a minute. But I was so happy that we got actual fives from actual people. What 
are my favorites? Oh God, this was funny. This is from listener uh, Joe Schmidt. Five things Kim Jong-il misses about being alive. <laughs> about? Yeah, I saw that one. I love number three, angering Jack Donaghy by sending videos of his wife, Avery, feeding the dear leader Klondike bars with her feet. That's <laughs> funny. And Ted from the internet, you know, at Ted, poor at Ted, turns out. Uh, five most awkward things to have in your Safeway basket while standing in line to use the self-checkout robot at 11.30 p.m. on a Tuesday. Gold, gold. And I won't, I won't you can read them yourself because they're pretty funny. Anyway, extra fiddly ways to make coffee. Thanks to everybody. That was Richard A. You know, remember <laughs> Richard A from E7? Richard A's back. He's back. Mm-hmm. He's back and he's mad. <laughs> <laughs> and Don Don Schaefer. Or Schaffner. Donald Schaffner. Schaffner. Dr. Donald Schaffner, yeah, he's, who is he's responsible smart for guy. bringing brought me to Rutgers for that extremely long talk I did. He's my pal. Yeah, he's the b- bug counter on Twitter. Bug counter. You know, he's also the guy he can tell you if your food's gonna kill you. Did you know that? I did know that. He's a doctor of food, food, uh, food science. Yeah, food science. he's, he's like, the wrong guy to talk to if you're doing a barbecue. Yeah, can, can I tell you my most, my well, probably my third most embarrassing Don Schaffner story. Yeah, go ahead, call. Sure, thank you. Uh, first time chili. I um, <laughs> we're talking about you know things like I, I find it very interesting the way that you know contagion and epidemiology works. Contagion, you know, I, I, contagion, and I was like, oh, and what was that thing? Oh God, was it in the seventies? Do you remember? I think it was at Dodger Stadium. And is this true that they like put some old chili down the sink, but then it like came back the trap in other sinks and it infected food and it made everybody sick? And Don's like, um, I don't, there's probably been things like that. I don't think of that. And I said, um, that's because it was an episode of Quincy. Uh, let's move on to the next thing. <laughs> what kind of a doctor is this, Sam? The chili came up the trap and. All right, Gene, take a deep breath. That was my Jack Klugman. That was a pretty good Jack Klugman. Not bad. These punk rockers, they're stabbing each other with screwdrivers. I didn't plan, but we could talk about passive aggression briefly. We got to keep it short today because you got to go count pixels in a minute. Hmm. Yeah. What do you want to do? I don't care. Whatever you want. It's fine. Good week? I guess. (laughs) See the video of Hulk beating up Loki? Have you seen that? Yeah, it was great. Can you watch that over and over? Yeah, okay. Whoa, 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 whoa! What just changed? It's Jack Klugman. Did I did I did I do something with the Jack? Did I overdraw? I what happened? We're trying to do a passive aggressive thing, show. Oh God! We're trying to oh key, my God! Cue it up! Cue it up! Ah, <sighs> that was so good. I can't even tell anymore. You do it so much that I can't even <laughs> tell. But you're so good at it. Yeah, thanks. Oh my God, you're so talented, Dan. <laughs> I love that thing. I love that one thing you did. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> What about what about passive aggression? Do you want? web shrines? Web shrines? When people make a web shrine? No. I mean, at this point, my, my my site is kind of a web shrine. Is that like an it, altar? It was, it was like a soup. Actually, I have fives about this. It was remember back in the day where you go like uh, web shrines for Courtney Cox, and it would be like this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, yeah. Courtney Cox. Do you remember that though? Back in the days, you know, it's when not it a that. Like, it's a person. It's a her. Yeah. Well, it depends. It really depends on what kind of shrine you're making, I guess. Oh. But um, I'd love to talk about passive aggression. Let me see if I can find this one. I bet you would. Yeah. Hmm? <laughs> okay, this can be quick, but I think it's kind of interesting. Wait, it comes up a lot. Now, I don't. I guess we could do that really lame thing when we try to read the definition of it. But I, I've been thinking about this uh, for myself. You're, you're uh, waiting for me to read the Wikipedia description, aren't you? 
Why don't you go ahead? You read that, and I'll look for I'll look for the web shrine. Go ahead. Passive aggressive behavior is dealing with expectations in interpersonal or occupational situations in an obstructionist or hostile manner that indicates aggression, or in more general terms, expressing expressing aggression in non assertive or passive ways. It can be seen in some cases as a personality trait or disorder marked by a pervasive pattern of negative attitudes and passive, usually disavowed resistance in interpersonal or occupational situations. That was really tedious, but super interesting. That's a really good, I, I like that. Is that Wikipedia? Learned helplessness. Hmm. Hmm. It's in the show notes. I think there are many aspects to passive aggression, uh, uh, a couple of which we have time for. Uh, here we go. October 2004, five power tools of the unintentionally creepy guy. Number one, single red rose. Number two, internet shrine. <laughs> Number three, anonymous gift of lingerie. Number four, naming new hard drive in my lady's honor. <laughs> five, and finally, rhyming comparisons to seven of nine. <laughs> so I think that's a Star Trek joke, but I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, so p- passive aggression, uh, notwithstanding the excellent Wikipedia definition, because Wikipedia is, I believe in your words, always right. Is that correct? Yes. <laughs> I love that bit. Um, <clears throat> I think of passive aggression as um, being best illustrated by examples. And we always joke about these kinds of examples. But the thing is, passive aggression, um, and th- there are people who don't like that phrase, which I guess is going to have to be okay for me. But Hold for laugh. The uh, the way that I the, I think passive aggression <laughs> ends up having a really unfortunate effect on a lot of our lives. And to be dead honest, like I hate dealing with passive aggressive people, and it's making me hyper aware of the times that I'm ha- I'm passive aggressive. So so what are examples of this? Pass- passive aggression, boy. Let's start with a few of the greatest hits. The sign on the refrigerator at work, often signed the management. Right. Right. Janice is mad because you didn't take your tuna casserole out, and so instead of coming to you and saying, you know. Hey, dumbass, take your food out of the refrigerator every Friday like everybody else does, right? That would be, that may sound aggressive, but it's certainly not passive. It's going and directly addressing a problem with a person. That's a thing you can do. And instead, what do you do? You say, um, could we please all make a concerted effort to make sure that our food is removed on Fridays? The management or something like that, right? Well, you know, that, that, that sounds like another harmless example, you know, or the dog poop sign. Remember the dog poop sign? I think we talked about that. On oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Something it was like on a fence at a playground yeah. or something. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, the, the, it was on a fence near the reservoir near my house where, where there is actually an extraordinary amount of dog poop. But um, we'll, <laughs> yeah. find that in show, we'll, we'll put that in show notes. But it was pretty great. And this person had gone through and counted the pot. I'm sorry, that notice is gross. But uh, this person had gone through and counted uh how much canine excrement there was and refer to in piles and then put a laminated sign on the chain link fence around the reservoir to report to people in, in some typeface that is like, like they couldn't afford comic sans. And it was, it, it, and, but the whole idea is they didn't like, they didn't like go find people who were letting their dogs poop and go like address that. They put up a sign like that's going to help. Right. There is in fact, if memory serves, yes, I know this exists. There's a site called passive aggressive notes. Have you ever seen it, Dan? No, I'm Googling yep. for it right now. It's one, just one word, passive-aggressive notes. And it's, it's just... <laughs> oh, my God. From a kid to a mom, I have taped my mouth shut so I won't have a crying fit. I hope you're happy. I really do, mom and dad. Signed, Elizabeth. This is a sticky note on a coffee cup. This is not coffee. Why are you doing this to yourself? But there's lots of ones like where people... Do, oh, God. 
Somebody uh, has, has says medical alert. <laughs> I like this first one that says yes. I've ever seen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Medical How alert. not to earn great restaurant tips. Oh, my God. Here's, here is like, this should be the motto of thanks for cooperating, exclamation mark. Or, or you know, <laughs> thank you in advance for your cooperation. Rampant, um, rampant in the workplace. Due to recent health concerns, spitting in waste receptacles on the floor, ampersand slash or walls is just not acceptable. <laughs> uh, we have upper lower case <laughs> medical times, times new Roman with a medical like the medical alert logo. <laughs> How long do you think they spent on? Or do you think they went into like like three um, D extruded logo maker for Windows <laughs> ninety four or whatever? Thanks for cooperating! <laughs> exclamation mark. Okay, so why? What is, what's wrong with that? You're getting your message out, right? We have a whole episode about some of the problems with this. But I, I think there's a, the problem with the culture of, of passive aggression goes much deeper because it does lead us to a certain kind of um, unintentional or unconscious dishonesty with ourselves and other people. And I think if you're being dishonest and know it, you know, good on you. Like, that's, that's fine. I think it's okay if you know that you're, you're not being honest with somebody. I think it's problematic when you think you're being good and you think you're being right and you think you're being nice, but you're really making the problem a lot worse. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I think we can go straight into the office to see where this becomes a problem. Well, think about this. Um... God, I just learned it. I heard a terrible example of this yesterday. But, you know, um, think about something where, like, uh, you're in a classroom. And, um, I mean, think about it this way. If there's one kid in your class that's causing a really big problem uh, in your, your class that you're teaching, I mean, it's, it seems, I'm not a teacher, but it seems to me that a good approach would be, to the extent possible, <clears throat> go and deal with that kid rather than creating a whole set of new rules that are designed around trying to change that child's behavior. Mm -hmm. Because first of all, that's going to be a real, that's going to be kind of mean to everybody else in the class who not only isn't doing it, but like shouldn't suffer under an unnecessary new rule if they're already following the rules. And and, and second, it's probably not going to make that kid stop what he or she is doing, right? And this is true in the workplace too. Again, with the passive aggressive science. Well, you know what? If you're a good manager or you're a good human being, you know probably who is doing that. Oh, unless, of course, they're stealing your prescription sandwiches. And like, then you got to put up a note and says, this is a prescription sandwich. Stop stealing it. You know, I, I, I have a heat allergy. <laughs> <laughs> these, must be, these must be kept at 47 degrees or I get hives. Um, go find out who did it. Go, <laughs> no, go talk to them. Go walk around the office like a grown-up and, and, and go get it figured out or learn not to mind it. I mean, but, the, but, but what does that cause? To me, to me this breeds... First of all, it, it, I think it makes us small when we become passive-aggressive because it starts to seem normal. And it starts to seem, as, as Roderick says, it's the culture of nice. We think it's nice to not actually say what we mean to people. <clears throat> and have we given enough examples of what this kind of stuff looks like? The classic one, obviously, that we've already made a joke about four times is when you say something to somebody, uh, and I, forgive me, this is a bit of a rehash, but w- w- instead of saying to somebody, like, I think you're a jerk and I want you to feel bad about it, it's more like I'm going to say something where it, I make it clear that you're a jerk. I make it seem like it's your idea that you realized it. And now I'm going to let you just stew about it <clears throat> without actually owning it. Um, it. It could just be passive aggression could also be things like <laughs> it could be like moving things around on somebody's desk to be more like in the order you think it could, should be. Do people it could really be, do that? Oh, God, yes. Think about the memos people send to each other. You know, and, and, and it would be one thing to say, hey, could everybody please make sure to use the new cover 
uh, sheets for the TPS reports. You could just go and say that to somebody. But instead, you have you can have these very long, circuitous things where you don't really say what it is that you want. <clears throat> and then you make, um, you know, recently there have been several instances, you know, of... And and the passive aggression part comes in when you when you don't actually address a person directly with a problem. You just kind of leave something floating out there. I feel like I'm not giving great examples of this, but to get back to our classic example, um, <clears throat> let's see what's a good exchange, Dan and Merlin. It's your show. Well, no, actually, no. It's it's your show. Well, if it makes you happy to think that you think it is my show, <laughs> then I guess that, that will just have to be okay with me. <laughs> Now, here's the one that I am really, really working on. The two words that have become the tentpole of passive aggression. Well, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry if your feelings were hurt by what <laughs> I said. Right. Well, I'm sorry if you feel like how much harder I'm working is making you look bad. But I hope that's okay. I'm sorry that I have been so responsible about how I handle the recycling. That must be that must be very challenging for you. You know, I'm sorry. You know what? You're not sorry. The non-apology. I've come to really despise the non-apology, and I feel myself almost doing it a lot of the time, and and occasionally actually doing it. And I hate when I do it. You do it. You do it all the time, and 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 I do it all the time, and lots of people do it all the time. You know what I'm saying, Dan? The classic non-apology apology. Give me an example. Here's an apology. Um, let's see. The real ones I, are harder, aren't they? I no, no. Here, I'm, try, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm trying to come up with the. No, I'm books. just kidding. Yeah, well, I guess that'll have to be okay with me. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, you are a because <laughs> this is the apology. No, wait, I'm giving you like, so like, so you say, you say, somebody says to you, you know what, um, you're a d- because you handled this, this thing with the refrigerator really badly. I think you handled it badly. And I think your, your, uh, your consistent efforts to make it seem like you're not the source behind a lot of anxiety and unnecessary divisiveness in the office is very toxic. And I wish you would stop it because I think it's dumb. So somebody says that to you. You say, you know what? I apologize. That was really stupid of me. Um, I owe you an amends. It was, it was wrong of me to do that. I'm going to stop doing it. Uh, I, feel re- I feel really bad that I've made things worse here. <clears throat> and I, <clears throat> I'm part, sorry, I'm still waking up. I'm still getting rid of my coffee juice. And I feel really bad that I did that. So you know what? Everybody, I'm really sorry I was wrong. That's how you apologize, like a gentleman. Instead of this, oh, okay. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I'm sorry that, that that's been hard for you to deal with. Um, and I guess I'm sorry that we can't all have individual refrigerators <laughs> so that however it is that you like to deal with things. I'm not saying that's wrong. I mean, that's, there's nothing wrong with whatever it is that you're doing that uh, requires you to have to not follow the rules that everybody else follows. That's not an apology. And on the face of it, that's just annoying. But I really think I'm, I'm trying getting to the actual point here, which is I think that the problem with that is uh, uh, for myself, I sometimes don't realize how often I do that. Uh, it, let me put it this way: um, passive aggressiveness can be very funny, and it can be very silly, and it can be it can be very revealing. But in a one to one relationship with people, I am so 
afraid of confrontation. I am so uncomfortable with confrontation. I don't like talking about splitting up the check. I can't tell you how many times in my life I just grabbed the check because I can't stand talking about money and like who had extra french fries. It makes me lose my mind. And so I, 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 I'm so uncomfortable. You, you know that about me, Dan. Like I'm do. very uncomfortable with confrontation. And so I've found a, what I thought was a safe harbor in behaving like that, but I've helped contribute to the way that's gotten bad in the world probably. So I, I want to stop doing that. And I'm going to start by trying to say I'm sorry or I apologize less unless I actually am sorry. <laughs> I think that's bad in, in, in relationships in the workplace though because you end up getting into this cold war where you just try and make other f- people feel bad without ever solving a problem. And passive aggressiveness tends to breed passive aggressiveness. And how many times have you ever seen a passive aggressive note <laughs> that's either followed by another passive aggressive note underneath it or somebody doing a graffito on it to sh- like show how stupid the original aggressive <laughs> note is. But, you know, again, what has changed in the world? Well, there's more, there's more negativity and further narcissism of minor differences happening now. Now we're finding all these ways we're not alike. And now, oh, you wrote on my note, and now I've got to go print a new one. I'm sorry I had to use more paper, but apparently some people here don't know how to behave inside of an office. <laughs> And I think the problem becomes if, if, that be, if it becomes okay for that kind of behavior to go on inside of a group, then like when is it ever a good day to have an honest conversation with somebody? It Can seems talk- though that certain kinds of corporate cultures almost... Uh, Sorry. <laughs> no, I guess it's okay for you to do that while I'm talking. Uh, <laughs> Garlic fries. Yeah. It's, it just, it seems like a lot of the corporate cultures encourage this behavior or foster it or seem to engender it, as you would say. Yes. Why? What is it about the office that that seems to encourage this so much? Because if you try it at home, you probably get called out on it a little bit more than you would in an office where it then... I've known a lot of... I think it starts with parents. I've known a lot of parents that create that culture in the home. It, 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 It... and it probably was their parents too, right? I mean, it may start in a good place. You know, it could be an Anakin Skywalker type situation where it starts in a good place. But, you know, <laughs> passive aggressiveness gets, gets passed along. Yeah. I mean, it's, it may not be in the genes, but it will pretty soon it'll be in the living room. It'll, it'll be getting, <laughs> getting passed around. Why is it okay at work? <clears throat> because think about 1984 and, and having those view screens and cameras in every room. Um, in, in 1984, there's, it's very unlikely, if you know the resources of a poorly run government, it's very unlikely that, that there was somebody watching you in your flat all the time. Yeah. In your, your uh, what is it called? Not Eurasia. What's it called? Oce- Oceania? Oceania has always yeah. been at war. Always been at war. What's Eurasia? Gosh, that's a good book. Yeah. Um, what an eminently quotable book. But think about that. Uh, this is, you, you hear that phrase chilling effect? And a chilling effect is, is like, for example, in, um, in journalism, you go and you jail um, one journalist, and that serves as an example to all of the others. Well, in 1984, they probably don't have to be watching you all the time on the screen, on the, the camera, rather. Um, they have to watch you just enough to let you know that you're being watched. And then you will do something called self-censoring. You will start acting like someone's watching you all the time, and you'll start parsing everything you do based on what somebody who's watching you might think about it. Um, and I think that's exactly the kind of culture that a lot of terrible companies want to have. I think they want you to self-censor in a lot of places. Uh, you know, 
I'm sorry to beat up on these companies. See, I'm already doing it. Um, because there are good companies out there for sure. Uh, I have a lot of pals that work at a lot of companies where that is exactly what the management would love you to do is to never have an honest conversation with another person. Because, you know, all of those ice cube walls would start melting once people realize that they could be honest with each other. It, it really does behoove a certain kind of company with a certain kind of management to keep dishonesty. Um, how can I put this? To, I don't think in some companies, some organizations, some teams, I, I don't think even 80% honesty is allowed is, is suffered is I think you become a real jerk if you start having honest conversations with people, you know, and if there's anything we learn from the wire, <laughs> it's that people will find a way to do stuff, whether it's legal or not, whether it's good or not, people will find a way to survive. And one way that you survive in an organization like that is by not breaking the rules, right? You can't go and have an honest conversation with somebody about the refrigerator because now you're, you're the weirdo. You're, you're this, you know, you're in some organizations that would peg you as somebody who's being uncollegial. And so what do you do? Well, you become passive aggressive. You become a backstabber. You know, you wouldn't, I mean, do you know, do you know what I'm saying, Dan? I, I, I'm trying to think of specific examples of this without naming names, but I, I've felt this. Yeah. If you're supposed to go to like 30 hours a week of meetings with a bunch of people in freshly pressed clothes and sit around and smile with each other and act like you're doing something sensible that helps anybody. <laughs> how, do you, how do you really feel about corporate culture? <laughs> Uh, it's, it's so hard for it to not destroy people. Yeah. And then for those people who are being destroyed to not blame themselves for why they feel bad about it. It's so hard to watch. It's not a fine for Merlin thing. It's just, it's really hard to watch. But the weird thing, the weird thing, and I've, I've thought about this a lot because I've been yeah. involved with a number of different startups, especially when they're really small, when there's under 10 people. It seems like you go in and you say, man, we don't, you know, we do everything right. Or you think you're doing everything right. And you say, right. we, don't, we don't have those kinds of meetings. We don't have those kinds of uh, distractions. We have like a cool workplace. And then all of a sudden, it's like, I don't know where the turning point is. Maybe it's 14 people. Maybe it's 16 or eight. But at some point, and it seems to happen suddenly. And it seems to happen without, in an almost inexplicable way. All of a sudden, it becomes, there's something happens where it gets a little corporate. It could be that somebody had to be let go because of something, and well, we need some policies now. Or mm -hmm. it could be because the, something unexpected happened, whatever it was. And all of a sudden, it feels a little bit more corporate. And then before you know it, people are saying, oh, well, it's, I mean, we're still very casual and it's still, we have these great things, but there's this, this little edge mm -hmm. of the core. And then, then it seems like the door opens up just enough that, that passive aggressiveness just kind of can shove its foot in the door and keep you from closing it. Yes, absolutely. So, so maybe we should extend this slightly beyond just simply passive aggression um, because passive aggression in some ways is a, is a, an admixture of two, two, um, two not very fun and kind of unhealthy things um, that involve honesty and power. Um, if you're, if you're very powerful, uh, you can be honest. And if you're very honest, you can be surprisingly powerful. But, um, as a general observation, I want to come back to this, your specific example in a sec, but as a general example, um, I think sometimes as we lose the, as we lose the power to become honest, we try to find other ways to reconcile what's happening in a way that we can live with. 
<clears throat> think about stuff like a work slowdown. Think about somewhere where you're like, I don't want to say a union job because you know, but you're in the kind of you're in the kind of place where there are very there are rules, right? Um, you know, you've got to be you've got to be at lunch from then till then, right? You're, you know what I mean? You can't you have to be you're here at this one time. Your reporters do it this one time. You have to show up for the assembly. There's all of these rules, and and you are you become infantilized. Or people tr- let me put it this way: people try to infantilize you by creating this set of rules and expectations about things that are easy to evaluate. This makes life easier for managers because now it doesn't matter like whether you're working on something that might be great for the company in a year. It's much easier to evaluate the heat of your seat and decide whether your butt was in it at eight oh one a.m. Because otherwise, you might get written up for it. Right? Is that cynical? Possibly. But I think, I think the honesty and uh, power part becomes really corrosive as it grows. Now, what you're describing with a small company, I mean, there's a lot of hagiography around startups and a lot of it's BS and a lot of it is really psychopaths uh, with funding. And, 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 you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But you, it's, it's because of the aggressiveness of the entrepreneurs that will work together in a small company, I think you're much more likely in the early days to get more honesty and by extension power because, you know, there's fewer of you around. Now, when a company grows, I mean, it has to grow. Like, you know, you're going to need... Uh, if you're a, a nerd startup, for example, and it's, it's a shame that we always come back to the same example, but <laughs> I, am, I, don't, I don't know that much about, like, you know, making shoes or lasagna, so you have to bear with me. You've got to eventually get help with operations, um, finances and bookkeeping, probably sales at some point, when you have a startup, is there one person on your four-person team who's like a really seasoned salesperson? Is there, is, is there one person who's a really seasoned ops person? Do they know where you can get more chairs that you can afford this week? If you need office space, is there somebody who can go and negotiate that in a way that, where everybody can stay focused on their work? That all sounds like really piddly stuff when you're sitting around Starbucks trying to make some app nobody will ever use. But if you're going to grow, then you have to accept this at least a small amount of bureaucracy to start. And I mean, even if you've got the sort of, you know, famous kind of, you know, values that everybody likes to talk about and Netflix and blah, 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 and you, you know, get to sit around and, you know, make your life chart or whatever, like you can't help but have that grow. And when you grow and you have more, the implicit need for all these different, when you grow quickly, you have all these connections now between people that may not know each other that puts a strain on the culture. And one thing I see a lot is what I've called the wizards, the people who first made the company really kind of show up on the map, find it very off-putting when there's a giant influx of new people who don't know how things work at a place. And some of those people, some of those people, especially if they're vested, will, will just leave. They have just nothing to keep them there. They're not making fun stuff anymore. And now people are, are, are putting a thermometer on their seat to see whether they're being proactive, you know? But I think as it grows, it, to call it dishonesty is, a, is probably a little bit, putting it a little bit too strongly. But in order for a group that large to hang together... You, there has to be civility and there has to be abstraction about what we do. And as you bring in more and more people into that bureaucracy, and you could think of bureaucracy in some ways as a pyramid, right? Where there's, there, are, there are these rarefied folks up near the point and the further and further you go down, you've got people who are, you know, charged with watching other people. Um, and so there is a cascading loss of power as you go further down that pyramid. And you lose power in the sense of being able to transitively do and decide things the lower you go down on the pyramid. But you also lose the power to be honest with people in some ways. Like nobody cares how you think the phones should be answered better. You know, um, if you've got a million dollar idea 
that doesn't mean you're going to rocket to the top of the pyramid because the bigger that pyramid or that, and I don't mean bureaucracy in a, in a negative way. I just mean a bureaucracy in the sense that there are people who work for other people and that there is job segmentation inside of the anthill. I don't mean it in the usual negative way of bureaucracy. But the further, the further that, the more that grows, the more as you get more, as I like to say, you get more mortar than brick in some ways, more interstitial tissue to hold the whole thing together. I think that abstraction grows and grows and grows. So what does that mean? That means if you're down at the bottom of the pyramid, the most powerful thing you might do today is go print out something in Times New Roman and put it on the refrigerator. But even on a small team, the, the, hmm. We should do a sponsor. I'm, I'm getting. I'm getting. Uh, I like. Uh, I don't want to stop you. I like where you're going with this, no, man. Which part? The whole discussion. You reading a comic? No. Okay. Um, not as far as you know. Yeah. No. No. That's fine. That's fine. My my neurons have to be okay with me. Boy, I'm enjoying that. Uh, Taste of Future Past. It's good. It's good. It's tight. It's tight. I like because Wolverine's going gray like me. It's pretty. You cool. like that? I like that. I like that. Yeah. I don't know if I like Kate Pride though. I'm still warming up to that. Um, past or past? What did I say? No, well, I just want to know. There's days of future past, and there's days of future past. Oh, like past gas. Like well, like the, the Moody Blues, Blues, the Moody Blues. Oh, of course. Is <laughs> then yes, nights in white satin. Okay. Um, there is a very cool, by the way, at Austin Books and Comics in the back. They have a new display rack in there, and you can you can get. I think they have a days of future past statue in there. You know how it has the little slain apprehended slain apprehended oh that and then you got so great wolverine in front they have a statue of that there really yeah oh yeah okay there's three things that let me know that it's time for me to pull back we're gonna come straight back to the topic in a minute there's 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 three things that are like how do you know all, when to pull back <clears throat> well first of all i'm obviously thinking about my daughter and i were, were, were debating which marvel character should be the mascot for the giants yesterday okay clearly it's become a problem mm-hmm um, the other, the other thing is, um, I got to the point where I really started trying to learn about the multiverse <laughs> and I got so lost in the Marvel 616 article when oh. I went one beyond Marvel six, I got so lost. I said, okay, it's time to pull back. But then when I'm on the iPad and, and I scrolled over and I saw the headstone for Nightcrawler, I almost got a little teary. Okay. And I think it's time to pull back a little yeah, bit. Definitely do that. Did you see all oh, Spider? They got Spider Man too. I know. Isn't that sad? Yeah. Now that's like an eight eight something. That's an eight hundred universe, right? How'd they arrive at six one six? And apparently, so there's some debate. Some people want to call it something other than six one six. Do you understand how insane that is, Dan? Are you are, are you are you far enough away that you know how insane the multiverse that stuff? Yeah, is? I don't. I don't get into multiverses. I don't even what? like the Ultimate Comics world, except the Ultimate Comics Spider Man is is turning out to be pretty good this is second. Is that the teen one? Is that, is that the reason a teenager? Yeah, the, they had, of course it was, I hope I'm not ruining this because it's been like hugely in all the media everywhere, but Peter Parker was of course a Spider-Man in that universe as well. And then he died. And now there is I, I a new... I heard it's really, really good. It's this storyline I think is really good. The writing is good. The art has been great. But sure. other than that, I don't follow any other universes or... Okay, I do have all the twenty ninety nine number ones, but I I didn't read them. I'm so lost. I gotta look all this up. Retcon, call it retcon. Retcon, retcon, retcon. Turn your key, sir. Uh, should you sponsor? Or do you want me to go a little further? <laughs> do it. What the sponsor? Do it. Oh, oh, okay. I want to tell you about this uh, this thing. I like. Have you heard about this uh, smile software? Do you know about them? Smile, smile, smile. Just smile. Just smile. Just smile. Their name now is Just Smile. Just okay, Smile. Right? 
Register trade. They are smilesoftware.com, but just smile. So they make this, they make this thing that, that you need to have, which is uh, called PDF Pen. Now, I, Should I you ask me about the features and then I could talk about the features of Disc Label or something like last time? <laughs> <Well, laughs> talk about the wrong... You know what's great is FileBuddy. Yeah. Uh, you can go change the creator types. It's like iCloud that. ready. <laughs> you know what used to be good is Pi. They, they, don't, they don't make Pi like they used to anymore. <laughs> Lingonberries, blueberries, raspberries. What? Um, smile. Just Smile, as we like to call them, has mm-hmm. this thing called PDF Pen. Now, I know what you're saying to yourself. You, you've already got Adobe Acrobat Senior Executive Enterprise CS3515 1136, uh, uh, right? The worst. The you worst. Remember, do you remember having to do stuff in that? I do. So then your OS 10, you got your preview, which is great. You can use preview to open all kinds of stuff. It's great. There are other tools out there that do this, but there's none that do this quite as great as PDF Pen. If you've got to do anything with PDFs beyond just look at them and delete them, and you will... I mean, you know, our printer broke and it's been broken for weeks. And we finally, there's two things we had to print. We took it to a bureau because we so don't print stuff anymore. And we had to print tickets for a show. Right. And then uh, my wife had to, to print something for school. And rather than go out and get another printer, you know, PDFs are like what, what I live in personally. I don't always love it. And that's why I love PDF Pen. Because if you want to do anything, you can do stuff like highlighting. You can do stuff like, you know, my favorite is uh, being able to drop in my signature on something and then be able to zip it up and send it to somebody. What do you use it for? I like to use it mainly for the signature stuff, but there are some things that it does that I've never been able to get. If, if Preview even does this, here's the thing, is the merging. Hmm. Where if you have a handful of documents and you want to just make one document out of it, like when we were buying our house and we were constantly having to send multiple copies of these documents back and forth and you'd have 18 attachments, why not just make it into one document, sign it all, put it in one document, move this part of it up, move this part of it down. You can do all of this. Mm-hmm. You can do all of this. You can fill out forms. How stupid is it, the idea that you have to print out a form and write on it and scan it back in? I get that kind of request all the time. And with PDF Pen, you don't need to worry about that anymore. Well, and, here, and here's where it gets extra sexy because uh, we're talking about PDF Pen. There's PDF Pen Pro for OS X, but today we're talking in particular about PDF Pen for iPad. So this is really neat. I mean, um, <laughs> workflow. I've been trying to avoid that word. But, you know, we all do have our workflows, meaning we want to remove the friction to doing the stuff that we've got to do. No, guys, do not obsess about your tools all day. <laughs> get, hmm? But but you want to get the tools that you like and then uh, and tune them. And this is what's great now. So if you've got stuff you need to do, and you're somebody like that D Sparks, you know, who's an attorney. Yeah. And you're just doing stuff with documents all day long. PDF Pen and PDF Pen now for the iPad lets you take that with you. It all syncs up. It's just pure gold. And now here's the thing. And the reordering, by the way, is even better on, they probably don't want me to say that, but it's even better on the iPad. Isn't it funny how there's there's some apps like OmniFocus, for example, where like OS ten versus not just iOS versus iPhone versus iPad. This is how you know an app has gotten good and is tuned for the device. Is there are some things where I will go from my costly desktop computer over to an iOS device. In some cases, a specific iOS device because it does that one thing so well. Some people probably think that's weird. I think it's not. I think that means that you've got the right tool for the job. You know what I mean? And you can just case. draw. You just draw right on it. You just start drawing on it, scribble on it, make a note, make a color, pick a font size, right on it, and Boom. just scribble on it. So here's the thing. Go to smilesoftware.com slash B2W. Boys to women. We need a better name than that. B2W. <laughs> 
Merlin, what's up there? There's your little know? smiling face looking right at me. Hi, oh, can you see hey, it? Merlin. Hi, everybody. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> you have PDFs. God, I look old. You do. Oh, I told them. I told them uh, when they were doing the the artwork. I told Jory. I said, "Don't make yeah. them look too old." He says, "Too late." Yeah. Two two notes. Here, here, let me just give you two quick notes. Number one, love it, perfect as is. Number two, make him older. Yeah. No more. Look at that! I got wrinkles by my eyes. He gave me crow's feet. Thanks, Jordash. <laughs> Jeez, Louise, I got a bone to pick with that guy. He is. Yeah. He's accurate. Yeah. Accurate. I just need to take my medicine, and I'll go over and get him. Hit him. Hit him with my cane to like crack my. Uh, anyway, um, you're Dan, right? Is that right? Yes. Go ahead. Um, and so here's the deal. If you go to smallsoftware.com slash btw, as you will see here in these three very convenient bullet points, you can go right now and use the special code, which we could try to read to you, PDF pen, <laughs> Sentinel, Sentinel Merlin man reads PDF pen one five off by going to the smile <laughs> store, you will get $15 off PDF pen or PDF pen pro. Now these are your OS 10 desktop dealy bobs. That's a technical term. And that's going to be great. So now you got on your desktop. Personally, me, that's where I would start. That's because that's where I do most PDF stuff just for myself. But here's the cool part. Then you go over to the App Store and you can get PDF Pen for iPad. It's $15 American. That's a pretty good gig. And now, now as she says, you're ready to go. She, she being Jean. Jean, Jean Gray McDonald. This is a good deal. This is a very good deal and it's a fantastic product. And you know, it's, 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 it's this, I hope this doesn't sound like a left-handed compliment, but um, I'm sorry if this sounds like a left-handed compliment, <laughs> but, but you know, I guess the, the highest compliment I can pay an app in some ways is like I use it every day and I die if I didn't have it. Yeah. But the second biggest compliment I can pay is I, I don't have to use your app all the time, but it does something that I hate doing and it makes me love using it. <laughs> I hate dealing with PDFs, but I love using this app. And I don't know how you can give somebody, you know, a bigger compliment that's left-handed than that. And I guess that'll have to be okay with me. But this is great. And, you know, Smile's been really good to us. They're wonderful people. They're doing some stuff out here at the WDC and, and whatnot. They always have the, the funnest parties. Is funnest a word? Most fun. The coolioest parties. Um, but anyway, uh, we've gone on. Uh, please go to... Small, this is in show notes. You can check this out. The, the code you, can, you uh, need can be there. But you can go to this handsome page and see my increasingly aged face at smilesoftware.com slash B2W. Thank you very much to Jean for uh, putting that up. You know, she changed the art on that right during the show. Yeah, last time, yeah. Because she was using the show artwork and I said to her, or I said on the show, they should use your avatar. And I yeah. sent it to her and during the show, she updated it and it's still Isn't there. Isn't that nice? She's great. Well, anyway. That's what, uh, they, that's what they mean, by the way, when they say responsive design. That means the, the design is literally changed that quickly, that fast, that, that yeah. responsive. People think it has something to do with CSS, but it does not. That was funny, Dan. That was funny. All right. That was a good one. I'm going to write that one down. Yeah. I'm going to hit my, my calendar. Um, so, yes, thank you very much to uh, Smile for supporting 5 by 5 and Backdoor. Smilesoftware.com slash B2W. They're, 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 uh, they're good people. Do we miss anything on that? Do we miss any Fs and Bs? No, nah, I think it's good enough. Yeah. 90-day <laughs> money-back guarantee. Did you know they do that? Huh? Yeah, ninety. If you're not happy in ninety That's crazy. days, you can't do that. It seems tell weird. Them stop, tell them to stop doing that. That's How crazy. do you return a purchase in iTunes? You don't. You keep it, but they hmm. give you money back if you're unhappy. That's how confident they are. Well, this is why I think you're buying this on their own store, right? You can get this right from their little place here. Yep, 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 yep. Radio buttons. You know, you know how expensive radio buttons are. <laughs> Couldn't even get those during the war. Silk stockings, radio buttons, milk, gas. You want to talk more about uh, passive aggression? If you want to, it's your show. 
I'm not quite sure why I've been thinking about it so much. Um, no, I have no you, idea. <laughs> I'm kind of tired today, so I'm not, I'm not giving as many good examples. I, and, and you why are you me. so tired? Um, well, this is earlier than we usually do it. Yes. And, and I, 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 this is really boring inside baseball stuff. There's usually like a bunch of stuff I do before the show. What is it? Like you get dressed? Put on your makeup? Really own like two pairs of pants. And they're already on. I, both I of them. assume. I assume I have two pairs of pants. <laughs> I only just grabbed the one. I call it hobo and hoboer. <laughs> Why lie? I need a beer. <laughs> um, why am I thinking about this so much? It's it's funny because you know, it, and again, just a fine for Merlin thing. Uh, sometimes, um, like on, again on Twitter, um, where, I, where I, I occasionally try to say funny things, um, uh, I will deliberately do a non-self-aware toot because that makes it funny. Mm. So if I make a joke about finding people constantly finding errors in what I've done and I deliberately misspell the word Olympics in so doing, that's kind of part of the joke. Yeah. Sometimes I make jokes about tattoos because tattoos are stupid and they're a really bad idea. And now because I just said that and you have a tattoo person listening, you're mad at me. Merlin man. Yeah. Right. All I did was talk about how I think tattoos are dumb, but you think I'm talking to you and now you're mad at me, the person, and you would attack me, the person in a way that I would never attack you. I'm just talking about tattoos and I worry that that's passive aggressive, but I still hate tattoos and I think it's funny, but I think this is another thing that happens. If I, I would never walk up to somebody in a bar and go nice tattoo, tattoo guy, like I would never say something mean and there's some lovely tattoos, you know, I think it's a real minority, but the, the, the point of that is like, I, I, I worry about that for myself. I don't want to become somebody who's constantly trying to slip stuff in the back door. Mm. Ooh, whoa. <laughs> Let me start over. Okay. <laughs> Is this the no, show? That. I think uh, no, 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 no. This is all still after dark, uh, before dark, after dawn. What's that? What's that with Tarantino movie? True Romance. Oh, you're thinking of the uh, Death Before Dawn or something? That's Robert, Robert Rodriguez. Guess, guess. Dusk dawn from dusk till dawn. Wasn't? I'm not sure why I'm thinking about it. You know what I am sure of though is the I'm is the I'm sorry part. Um, I'm from the Midwest, Ooh. where it is part it is part of what we do. We've basically we've basically got uh, Christianity, green bean casserole, and apologies, and that's 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 that is the fuel of stuff. And really, seriously, like it, it's just it's just a way of doing things. In let me tell you a funny story. We okay. were moving. We were helping my grandmother move. Um, this is in the late seventies, and uh, we walked. You know the best. The best. This is a, this is a, this is a life hack, by the way. If you're ever moving, don't get big boxes. Like get small boxes. The perfect size box for moving most regular stuff is from a liquor store. Like for books, don't put books in like a giant, giant box. It's going to be way too heavy. You're better off putting them, like seriously, like a, like a, whatever, like a, whatever a bunch of bottles would be in. So liquor stores who get rid of boxes, it's a great place to go to get boxes when you move. That's a freebie. So my mom and I um, go to this place and we're, we want to ask them for some liquor boxes. So we walk up to the dude working there and my mom goes, um, my mom goes, I'm sorry, uh, could I ask if you have any empty boxes? And he goes, you're from Cincinnati. <laughs> and she's like, are you kidding? Like what? He says, yeah, everybody from Cincinnati begins almost every phrase by saying, I'm sorry. Wow. And this is a true story. That is a true story. I, I don't know if that's still true, but saying that, saying I'm sorry as a kind of preemptive strike 
it has just become something that I do all the time. And I realized that, you know, I, just, I realized it the other day with my daughter, you know, where she had done something that's, she broke the rules. doesn't matter what, but the kids break the rules, right? You got a rule, they break the rules. And your job as a parent is to go in and be the person who says, we had a rule and you broke it and now here's what happens. This is, the, this is kind of like the, the, the holy triad uh, of being an awkward parent. It's having to go and say, there was a rule, you broke it, and now here's what happens. Yes, kind of. Exactly, and, and it, it sucks to do that, by the way. And all of those are so much harder and more annoying than you think. Especially if we've had a great day. I always feel like the better day we've had, the more annoying bedtime is because she's really tired and we've had so much fun. Remember like when you come home from the amusement park and you're all mad and sad when you're a kid? It's like you've had so much fun. There's a real <laughs> letdown. So like yesterday we had a really fun day with a lot of activity and running around. And so what, why am I saying this? Well, uh, I'll do this thing where I'm trying to think of an example. It's not too personal, but you know, uh, again, the TV shows where like, you know, and like in the morning, some days we'll say like, you can watch one TV show or you can watch two of these TV shows. And like, that's, to me, it's not the TV show. It's the problem. It's the limit. That's the problem. And, and, and you know what I mean? As far as I'm concerned, if we say you can watch 12 hours of, t- of TV a day, that's okay. But then that's got to stop at 12 hours. If, if you're allowed to have, you know, whatever the rule is, it's like, no, no, nobody cares what your rule is, but you really have to enforce it. And I hate enforcing the rules. And so it could be something like, let's watch another X-Men. I'll say, I'm sorry, Ellie, we can't watch another X-Men. I say, no, I want to watch another, and I'll find myself saying, I'm sorry, honey, but that's the rule. And, and the more I caught myself saying that, the more I realized how stupid and how at, at cross purposes it is to apologize in that instance. I got nothing to apologize for. That's the rule. That's, well, that's, you're saying, but you're inclined to say you're sorry because you're telling your kids something that they don't want to hear and that you're doing it for their own good. And it's hard to communicate that to a four or five-year-old. It's super hard, but you know what? It's all about you and it's not about them. If you're strapping somebody into the electric, electric chair and it's your job to do that, I could see saying, hey, look, I'm sorry, I got to do my job. If you're in customer service and somebody wants you to make a wing of the building blow up because they're unhappy about their dented comic book, you could say, I'm sorry, I don't have a way to blow up the building and that's not a thing I would do. But if you're doing your best, and it doesn't mean it's the best in the world, but it's your best. If you're doing your best to try and have your kid not be a horrible human being, you not only should not, but I feel like I must not apologize for that because you know why? The guy in the electric chair, getting stressed up in the guy in the electric chair, he feels bad because that guy's going to die and he has to have a role in that. And he, he, you know, I could see why he'd feel bad about that. Um, Blowing up the building lady. Like she doesn't want to do that. And obviously this person's a loon. In my case, I'm not sorry at all about doing the best I can. And when I say I'm sorry in that instance, it diminishes the muscularity of what is a good rule. Like if, it sounds like I don't believe what I'm right, saying. Right, you're you're sort almost doubting your own conviction in in the rule, and right. you're following along. But it, it almost feels like you're displacing the blame. Like, I'm you, well, you're, you're just trying ima- to be, you're trying to be Kool Aid dad, right? Imagine like, you're just you're sort of putting cool, like oh, you know, I'm mellow and I get along great with my kid, and right. I never have to be the bad guy yeah. or whatever. Yeah, and being a parent, get- being an effective parent, I think being a good parent means being a bad guy a way more than you ever thought you would be. Right. Yeah, it is. And as uh, I've got, a, I've got an anecdote for this one. If you'd like to hear, I mean, it's your show. So well, whatever you want to do, but well, whatever. I'm sorry you feel that way, Dan. 
please, please tell me your anecdotes. <laughs> I love your anecdotes. So my uh, my kids going to uh, camp. It's his first time going to camp. It's really his first time going to like anything. Like he's been, you know, hanging out with us. Now we've got this second kid in the house. It's a 10 month old baby. You know, we can't. So, so cute. So cute. Thank you. Can't be with him the way we'd like to anymore because we got a baby. And you know what? He's old enough. He's four something now, four and a half. He's ready for this. Whether he wants to be ready or knows he's ready, uh, he's, he's ready to do this whole camp thing. And, uh, and preschool and then kindergarten and all that stuff. He's ready. It's time. And, you know, sometimes they don't want to go. So the first week we took him, you know, every day. He was excited to go, ready to go. Uh, then Friday morning, inexplicably, doesn't want to go, doesn't want to get out of the car, doesn't want to go do anything. I don't like the other kids. I don't like the way their voices sound. Mm-hmm. You know, some arbor, he doesn't care about it, the way their voices, you know what I mean? It's like, he's just trying to think of something, some reason. Well, it might sound coarse. I mean, it might, you know what I mean? More than he's used to at <laughs> no. home. No, it just, he just picked it. You know, you're saying well, he's just making it up. He's, he's making, making it up. He's okay. looking for a reason tonight. I said, well, they're doing this thing today. I know they're doing, they had some little talent show that they were doing where the, all the kids ran around and did some, I don't want to do the talent show. Uh, it's not fun. Well, of course it's fun. They, he loves it. And we, he did the short story. He did, he did do it. He had a great time. He won a, a little, uh, rib. They give these ribbons out. All the kids get a ribbon, but his was like the team player ribbon. And the counselor told me that wow. he's like, he's like the least of their concern. He goes along. He's helpful. He loves doing, you know, so, but for, it took 20 minutes to get him to go into the thing. He's crying. He doesn't want to do it. Everything else. And you're the, you're the parent now that's sitting there. Your kid is crying. The kid is saying, dad, please don't make me go. I don't want to go. I just want to go home, you know? And yet, you know, that the camp that you've picked for them is great. It's like the best one you could find, the best one you could afford. It's the, like the, they're doing these cool, cool things. Like I, w- I would go to this camp. I wish mm-hmm. I could do this stuff right now. I'd rather do that sometimes and work. <laughs> you know, it's really, I wish I had had a camp like this when I was a kid. And the fact is he does love it. He is having a great time. He did have a great time there on the Friday once I've got him out of the thing. But you're still encouraging them or telling them, hey, listen, we're not going home. You are going to this thing today. You, you, and you don't want to sound doubtful. Right. Because then that, you telegraph that. Exactly. No, you're going. So what, I, what do I say? I'm really sorry that you feel bad. I'm, I understand that you don't want to go. I'm sorry that you don't want to go. It's time for you to get <laughs> out of the car. You as a son. <laughs> right. It's, it's time for you to get out of the car. You are going. But I love you and I'm sorry that you're feeling this way and I understand. Uh, and I felt this way too. It's time for you to go in now. You know, and you're sending these two almost at odds messages, almost conflicting messages that say, I know you don't feel good. I know you want to go home. I love you. Time to get out of the car. Right. Stop. You've been in here for 20 minutes, you know, crying at the top of your lungs. It feels like the last thing in the world you want to do. Of course, he had a wonderful day. He was in the talent show. He, he told me all night how much fun it was. He was happy to go again this morning. But who knows what causes that? But there you are in that situation. And it it sucks. It really sucks. And all the non parents are like, "Is it over yet?" No, it's not. It's not nearly over um, because it's a really good point. I, and I, I have some similar anecdotes. Like that, you know, I won't go into all of them, but yeah, you know, we have the same thing all the time. Um, 
but there's several several things here that that are about more than kids, but this is as good a way as any to talk about it. Um, we get the same thing with school, where like you're just oh, sometimes sobbing, just don't want to go to school, I don't want to go to school, and then the second she arrives, and it's like you know Kenneth, and then she's running and she's gone, yeah, and she has a great time, and uh, but here's I think there is a bridge. Uh, I'm going to do a sponsor in a minute, but there's um there's a bridge to something bigger here. Remember what I was saying earlier about honesty and power. I'm going to think more about that because I think there's something to it. Um, I mean, honesty and power. Wow. Hmm. <laughs> okay. I'm going to need to think about that more. But here's another thing that we run into and that I am starting to really lose my own patience with, really with myself. <laughs> that might be passive aggressive. But um, there's this thing that happens. We have joked about, you remember, you remember, ah, I'm, uh, I'm done eating, but I'm still hungry. What can I have? <laughs> Remember that? And yes. getting into the, the, the negotiate what amounts to negotiations. Well, there's this thing now that like my 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 wife and I are really starting to see and accept, I think, which is that in that okay, how about this? Like, okay, uh she was, in summary, she's finished dinner in her mind, even though we've we've barely picked up a fork. You know, she's done. Right. And now she wants she very rapidly, she knows, she knows through through maybe through our own bad habits or bad, you know, whatever, she knows that in the past she has been able to get food quicker than us, act like she's done quicker than us, and then get straight to the dessert quicker than us. Now there's a number of problems in that chain. Mostly created by the expect the expectations that we have allowed to be created. You know, it's like pigeons and dogs. You know, it's going to be they're going to notice patterns and they're going to react based on that. But but here's what I've noticed: and whether this is bedtime or bath or food or whatever, it becomes a struggle and it becomes a negotiation. And at a point, it stops being about food. It stops being about baths, and it stops it stops being about bedtime. It stops being about, and it becomes about winning a little bit. And so you get into these negotiations. Mm. And and in our case you know, she ate this crappy dinner and wanted to get straight to dessert. We say, no, no, you had a bunch today, a bunch of, you know, crap today. We're not going to have any, you know, thing tonight. And if we want her to not cry, we got to give her M&Ms or something. Right. Which I, I despise doing because it's not good for her. And I feel a weakness in myself when I do that. Um, and it's also every time you do that with a kid, or, or an employee, <laughs> I guess, you are strengthening the association that they have. The, I would summarize it as, if I cry long enough, I will break them down. Um, <laughs> but you know what it does? It also it, it kills the velocity. Yeah. If you find yourself doing things like saying, I'm sorry, honey, we have to take a bath, or you say, I'm sorry, you can't have any more M&Ms after the ones I already gave you and broke down and gave you, or you say, I'm sorry, it's bedtime, you're opening that to negotiation and you're showing that you're not confident in, in what you're doing. And, and then what? I mean, what? I'm going to try to make her feel bad about it. I'm going to yell. Like, what do I do? Well, it's my failing. It's not her failing. She's a kid. It's her job to try and get crap and to not do things she doesn't want to do. Right. right? And, but, and then how does that apply to the office? Well, I think it does apply to the office because I, I, like I say, I'm going to think more about the honesty and power thing because I, I think there's really maybe something kind of big there. But these wars of attrition exist in the office. Um, I shouldn't mention our neighbors. What are we talking about our neighbors? Mm. But like, let's say, let, let me give a redacted example. Um, let's say, oh God, I cannot even think of a good example. That's not going to be um, <sighs> tragedy of the commons. You got some kind of a shared resource. And let's say one party is sick of doing all of the heavy lifting at taking care of that shared resource. And for whatever reason, the other party is not, for whatever reason, 
satisfying the first party and taking care of that. Mm. Now, this could be something like, what's a classic? Okay, let's go to the office. Uh, I got up, I came in early, I made coffee, and then I drank some coffee. And then since I knew people were coming in, I went ahead and made another pot of coffee. Then I came back 30 minutes later and all the coffee was gone, even though everybody knows that you're supposed to start another pot of coffee if you take the last cup. Mm-hmm. Is that, isn't that kind of standard? That in, seems in like a general, general rule. Right. I mean, you know, there's all kinds of things like this. If you finish the toilet paper, could you really just be a mensch and go and put some more toilet paper on? You know, if you really want to get the ribbon today, how about you put some toilet, replace the toilet paper, even if there's still a little, little couple fringes left on there? Like that would be a really cool thing to do. Now, if there's one person who really is sick of there not being toilet paper and they feel like they're the person who's constantly putting it on there, they're going to increasingly get really mad about that not being on there. So the one passive-aggressive route that you can do is to leave notes. The other one is that maybe you stop changing the toilet paper too. Maybe you stop making the coffee too. Yeah. Maybe you stop taking out the trash cans every goddamn week too. Petty stuff. So now what? Well, now there's no coffee. Now there's no toilet paper. And now there's tons and tons of trash. And no lesson was taught. You're further divided than you ever were before. Notes don't help. That stasis doesn't help. Mm. And now everybody's a little bit sadder. Because you're not really addressing why that didn't happen. But more importantly, you're not just being a, not a parent. I'm like, I'm trying to say that. You know what? Just go change the damn toilet paper. Just take out the trash cans. Just make more coffee. You're, you can't change other people. And you really... Think about that, though. Think about that inside of a company or think of that with kids. Like you make all of that so much worse by trying to address that by doing the wrong thing in return. It doesn't matter if it's an empirically wrong thing, but if you're doing something that in your gut feels wrong or feels like you're making the situation worse rather than better, you're probably being passive aggressive and you're probably making it worse. And now here's the thing. This is the that's fine for Merlin part because now the heavens will chime with all the people going, but what about the people who don't shut up? Just shut up. Just go fix the problem. If you see trash, pick it up. Not because other people, not because you're cleaning up after people, but because that's who you want to be as a person. You want to be the person who made coffee and then didn't need a Scooby snack. You want to be the person who just thought it was right to have toilet paper on the roll. That is to me a very, uh, that is a muscular approach where you don't need to, I mean, let somebody else worry about fixing everybody else. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know if that gets, gets to the point of this, but it's something I struggle with because I think whenever we feel, I'll speak for myself, whenever I feel like I'm good at something or I'm consistent about something, I, I really think you're like this, Dan, too. I, I really do believe this, that when we think we're good about something, we're not open to the fact that we might be anything but perfect about it. It's very frustrating to us when other people don't respect that. Mm-hmm. Like you and your music. Like you've never had to turn your music down. In my case, I always take the trash out. <laughs> Otherwise, it just won't go out. I know it won't. Um, it's really, really frustrating. And sometimes I am so tempted to try and quote unquote teach somebody a lesson. And then I realize that all I'm doing is making the world worse. With that kind of passive aggression, if that is your office, if that is your home, if that is your whatever, all you're doing is making stuff worse. And you know what? You're never going to have revenge. There's always going to be somebody else out there who's going who's gonna to not replace the toilet paper. They're bad people, but you're not going to change them. And, you know, even though you don't get a Scooby snack for doing that, you still made the world a little bit better. Right. Just 
It sounds so stupid. If you see trash, pick it up. My, you know, whatever. My daughter and I are in the... Uh, sometimes we'll do little field trips. We'll take a, a bag and go through the park and pick up garbage. Who cares? We don't want to meddle. But I mean, like, think how much better that makes it. And you know what's weird is like somebody sees you doing that. You didn't announce it and sigh, but they might see you doing that and being a gentleman about it. And they might go, you know what? That's a cool thing. I should do that too. We had an event in the park a couple of weeks ago. My friend Charlie was telling me about this. There was an event in the park and he arrived early to clean up and get things ready. And as people trickled in and they saw Charlie cleaning up, they started without even asking, picking stuff up too. Wow. It sounds kind of hundredth monkey or whatever. <laughs> it's, 12, like it's 12, monkeys. 12 monkeys. Well, I think, you're, I think you're thinking of Benjamin Button. That's the one where he finds her head in a box, right? What's in the box? <laughs> What's in the box? Guys are so safe. Oh, that was fast, Dan. That's the fastest we've gone through six movies, I think. I know. Uh, this is getting hippie now. It is hippie. Well, the whole thing is hippie. The whole thing is hippie, if that's okay with you. But, I mean, I, I guess, I guess you know, you know, and the thing is, I've written this on a card, and I've, I've made lines around it four times, so honesty and power is something I'm going to think more about. But what, what I think, I think the, uh, one of the practical components of this that, that I'm going to take away, and I, I'm glad I got to talk about this, because it's something I'm struggling with. Um... There's a, a value that I have that I don't always pursue or, or make a point of doing something about, but I have this value that I know makes me a better person when I follow it, which is that I always do what I think is right, whether other people think it is right or not. And, and I don't need them to like that and I don't need them to do anything about it. But if I were alone in a room, I would try and do this right thing. And not about everything, but there's certain things that I really want to do the right thing about. If you're writing code, and it might mean a lot to you to always hew to the code conventions and to do your check-ins. Or I, don't, you know, I don't know all the terminology, but you know what I mean? To be a good citizen as in a development community, like people will appreciate that. Like, like even if you don't, like in, like in your kids' case, even if you don't get a medal for that, <laughs> people still appreciate that. Yes. The medal it, helps. Yeah. The medal health. <laughs> All right, we're going on really, really. Oh my gosh, you got to go talk about pixels. Can I tell you about something I like? I would like to hear whatever it is you're going to tell me. I'm going to tell you about this thing I like uh, called Squarespace. Have you heard about this? Yes. Yeah. So, have you done anything more? Are you doing any more Squarespace? Uh, right now, my main Squarespace transitions have been bigweek.co is there where I post wow. the news and links, and uh, the 5x5 blog is there. And I want to get HiveLogic there, but I've got to do a little more tweakage. I can't believe you're moving HiveLogic. Why there. not? That, I don't want to host that myself. Dude, that's a big week. They do it better. Huh? I, I agree. It's just that, wow, that's, that's really cool. That's really cool that you're doing that. I've been spending more time playing around with the templates. Um, well, this, is, this is so fun and so much like a dream from another century. Like, ooh, in the future, you'll be able to make the computer look different and it won't be hard. <laughs> what? So you go in and you go to your site and there's this really cool view. They've got this... I'm not usually a fan of modal things, but they do this so well. If you, you go in and you get a live preview of pages and sections on your site, this is kind of hard to imagine unless you're looking at it, but imagine you go to like the homepage for your blog or whatever you, that you've got out there in the world. In Squarespace, you log into your little control panel it's very, very small. You get in and you go and look at that page. And now you have this, these three, I think it's three modes. You can click one that's called content. 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 And then you get a bunch of little buttons for like, do you want to create uh, like a new post on this page? Do you want to, you know, and there's another one called, I believe it's um, uh, not setup or configuration maybe. And that's where you change things about the that area of the site you can change things like you know what the metadata looks like on the page but there's another one i think it's called design 
I should, probably should have pulled this up. But this is the coolest because you go in and you can click on any element. You go to the little CSS thing. You can click on any element on the page and it'll go, you get a little like, like a red square around and it'll go ding. You just clicked on an H1. What do you want H1s to look like? And you just go click buttons and change values. Drag little save. sliders. It's very yes. cool. Very cool. You say, I want the line height to be this, or I want the width of my... And Dan, do you remember what a pain? Before like the 960 days, do you remember how hard it was to get a page where the middle part was centered and it worked on IE? Yeah. Do you remember what that used to involve? Forget about it. Well, now you never even have to touch this as CSS. Now, if you want, but if in. you want, you can go and do... I think they call it... Do they call it injection? Where you can... Well, if yeah, you want to, if you're like yeah. a CSS freak, you can do this. But for everybody else, including me, I don't want to. I would just, I would like rather let it figure out every well, single browser permutation in the well, world. Here's, I mean, like, and this is, if you're a nerd and you're curious about this stuff, there are many levels to this if you want to go deeper. I'm just, I'm just going with the sexy one. But there's injections where you could go in and, and you could put in like whatever your Node.js or whatever it is you, you want to put in extra stuff. You can put that... You can put that pretty much anywhere inside there without even touching the code. If you wanted to appear between uh, at the bottom of right before at the end of body or sorry, like at the end of head and above body, you can go and put it in there. Wherever you want to put stuff, you can do that. You can also go in and have custom CSS where you drop in your own CSS that overrides whatever template you're in. And there's this one which is like the danger room. I'm really scared to open the door, but I know it's, it's called, I think, advanced customization. And that's where you get really close to the metal. I haven't done that on one of my sites yet, but I'm, I'm going to do that for a thing I'm working on probably. And, and that's where you can go in and really trick it out. Now, for that kind of stuff, I would say go and read all the, the excellent documentation. But just, you know, this is the cool thing. You can go in and uh, for, for pretty crazy cheap, you go and get this extremely reliable thing that's very easy to set up and maintain. And that design view is just the best. They've got, I think, is it over 200 of the Google, like... Uh, Open source fonts. I'm sorry, I'm probably using every single one of these words wrong. But you can go in and get all those cool, fancy, curly Q fonts, and it's all built in. You don't even need to drop anything into the header. Yeah, it's great. It's stuff. already built in. You just go in and click, and it's it's really easy to use. Their sites right out of the box are really pretty. But just 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 here's here's one thing. Like just a little bit of a customization trip trick. Try changing the background of the page with a graphic. Like say you want to make it look like panel wood or something. And then change the header on your page from text to a graphical header of the right width. And like you're already, you've got a whole different page that does not look like a page on a CMS. Like when you go to their gallery and see some of these examples, it's going to blow your mind. But that's the one I wanted to mention today. It's just the ease of changing the way things look. They're always coming up with new templates. I have to imagine that in future releases, they'll have mind-blowingly beautiful templates that would be perfect for a portfolio. I would have to uh, predict but uh, head in right now, and you can go check this out. So this is the month of six, and this time we're going to get this flawless. You can go to... <laughs> I'm going to go literally read my notes again. Go to squarespace.com slash back to work. Back is in back, two is in two, work is in work. And, uh, and we have... Uh, so here's the deal. We've got an offer code, Dan, from Lil Ryan. It's going to give you 10% off of whatever you get from the wonderful folks at Squarespace. And given that it's the month of six, you know what our code is. I think you do. I will. I will not say it because I have. It's your phrase. It's your phrase. I'd like for you to say because you don't remember it. It's lay down. No, I don't want to say it wrong. I'm too terrified. Well, I'm sorry that you don't want to say it wrong. Lay down, lay down, <laughs> and you'll get ten percent off. Now, here's the deal: you go in and you buy you buy a year of this stuff, and this is very affordable stuff. But you'll get twenty percent off if you sign up for a year, twenty five percent off if you sign up for two years. If you sign up for a year or more, you get a free domain name. Boom! It's Boom. up. Free domain name. Register. It's, Four and a half minutes, Done. right? QED. This is really good stuff. But if you go in and sign up, squarespace.com slash back to work and use the offer code lay down, 
you can be in there and uh, playing with this cool template dealy bob. That's a technical term uh, within minutes. Minutes and it, and it, it is really really fun. Um, the domain name uh, that uh, that's a, that's a cool thing. The domain name. Yeah, I need to eat. I think I'm getting weird, Dan. Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. You oh no, you're getting weird. Hmm. 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 But I don't know if you can connect that with food somewhere. Hmm. We'd like to thank uh, Squarespace for supporting Five by Five and Back to Work. Birkin bag. Bulk bag. Bulk bag. My, you should see my, my daughter's gotten so good at it. She does bulk bag, she does so, and she does hi. She does a really good so. <laughs> so. <laughs> it's genetic. <laughs> One hopes it's not. Hmm. Hmm. Honesty and power. Honesty and power. <laughs> the negotiation thing is hard. Um, uh, what is that? Is it? I don't think this is from Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. It's from somewhere, but I don't know. It's something I've said for years, and I'm sure I got it from somewhere else. But as long as you're talking to someone in sales, I will use the word salesman. Forgive my. Uh, gender bias. Uh, as long as you're talking to a salesman, he is still closing. Right? As long as you're talking, they're still closing. Yeah. Even if you're standing there going, I don't want it. I still don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it. The only thing that will end that negotiation is you walking away and not saying another word. They might still be running after you. But as long as you're still talking, you're actually still negotiating. You just don't realize you're negotiating. And when you say things like, I'm sorry, there has to be bath time, or you keep explaining why it's the way it is, you know, again, I guess, I guess I'm talking about with a kid. <laughs> You're still negotiating. Yeah. And uh, a velocity. Velocity is very important to me. Velocity. You know what I mean? And, and you can think of this in terms of like project management. Like if you have a slowdown here, well, then if there's three dependencies to this project and your first dependency gets slowed down by two weeks, that's, that's really a bad sign in a small way, in a big way. It's bad in a small way because now you're behind. It's really bad in a big way because it's a great indicator that there, you know, given the multiplicative effects of delays, that that is very likely to now make your project very, very late. And you've lost velocity. And so if you're having trouble getting dinner started, well, that's going to lead to late, late non-dessert, which is going to lead to late having to have a bath, which might lead. And now you're, in our case, I feel like if I do that more than a few nights in a row, I've really lost. You know what I mean? No, I totally do. But it's not, it's not, it's not, you know, it's not that kid's fault. You know, and in the same way that yelling at the people who do curb their dog is not going to fix the person who doesn't, you know, you know, leaving toilet paper off the roll, well, that'll teach people a lesson. Well, no, you're going to have a bunch of people who are chafed. That's no way to be in an office. You ever been in a chafey office? I think every office. I think he's a center. Center Chafee. Is that right? Lincoln Chafee. <laughs> <laughs> you want right. this up? Yeah, let's do it. All right. I love you. Love you too, Merlin, man. <laughs>